the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. An illegal immigrant in Ohio arrested, confessing to the rape of a 10-year-old girl. The case quickly becoming a rallying point for pro-choice supporters. President Biden in the Middle East. The goal of this trip is really to uh, reaffirm the support uh, that the U.S. has given to Israel. The consumer price index rising to a 40-year high. And we are going to have a lot of inflation for a long time unless we have a deep recession. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for July 14th. I'm Mike Scott. President Joe Biden's dash through Israel and the occupied West Bank this week is expected to cut across some of the region's most iconic places, both luxurious and grueling. The president's visit begins with a VIP arrival at Israel's main commercial airport and pings through Jerusalem and the occupied West Bank. Most of his travels are focused on business. This is all part of President Biden's larger trip to the Middle East, according to ABC's political director, Avery Harper, who explains the goals the Biden administration has for this trip. The goal of this trip is really to uh, reaffirm the support uh, that the U.S. has given to Israel uh, and also to deepen relationships uh, between Israel and other uh, nations in the region. Uh, He says it is an important thing to do because uh, of security, uh, combating uh, Iran's nuclear program. It's also about uh, limiting and combating the impact of Russia's war in Ukraine and competing with China. Uh, So there's lots of different uh, things that the uh, president is going to be doing doing here. Lots of folks he's going to be talking to, uh, but those are the main goals. For his part, President Biden says he's happy to return to Israel. It's an honor to once again stand with, uh, with friends and visit the independent Jewish state of Israel. Biden told reporters he's seeking a few things on his first Mideast trip since taking office. Greater peace, greater stability, greater connection. It's critical. It's critical, if I might add, for all the people of the region. The Biden administration admits U.S.-Israel relations are stronger than ever. The connection between the Israeli people and the American people is bone deep. It's bone deep. Generation after generation, that connection grows. Sri Lanka's president fled the country Wednesday, slipping away only hours before he promised to resign under pressure from protesters angry over devastating economic crises. But crowds left behind quickly trained their ire on the sitting prime minister, storming his office and demanding he also go. President Gotabaya Rajapaksha fled the country with his wife, 
that brought little relief to the island nation, gripped for months by an economic disaster that has triggered severe food shortages and fuel, and now beset by political chaos. Francis Harrison, a journalist and author who has lived in Sri Lanka for years, explains what is happening in the country and why. Well, it's a combination of COVID, the war in Ukraine, mismanagement of the economy, corruption, and lack of rule of law, lack of accountability. All of those impacted the economy extremely badly in Sri Lanka. Um, you know, fuel prices have escalated. There's no foreign exchange. There wasn't money even to buy fertilizer to run agriculture. So at every level, there's been really infrastructural collapse. And I mean, we're seeing the country experiencing hyperinflation from one day to the next. Bus fares are you know, escalating. People can't function. They can't refrigerate any produce. So really that the anger of particularly the younger generation who have nothing to lose is absolutely powerful at this point, and we haven't hit rock bottom with the economy yet. Harrison goes on to say that the situation in Sri Lanka is something that hasn't been seen before in the country's history. I mean, this is unprecedented in the independent history of Sri Lanka. They have never seen a crisis like this that's both economic and political. So we're seeing the economy almost disintegrating. There's massive debt. There's a need for foreign exchange, but really a, a system that can almost not absorb that at this point, but also a crisis in governance where the democratic institutions are, are facing, in a sense, collapse as well because you know the country can't afford fresh elections. There isn't the petrol for people to be transported around to hold fresh elections. And this younger generation are very angry with the older leaders. And the only sort of constitutional solutions to this are about parliament meeting again and electing a new president and so on. And most of the individuals who are in parliament, I mean, would really face a a crisis of legitimacy with the protesters who are on the street. A new wave of anger swept through Uvalde, Texas on Tuesday over surveillance footage of police officers in body armor milling around in the hallway of Robb Elementary School while a gunman continued firing inside a fourth-grade classroom where 19 children and two teachers were killed. Speaking to reporters, Senator Ted Cruz says the security video showing the gunman entering Robb Elementary and opening fire and law enforcement officers in action was horrifying. It's clear law enforcement should have gone in and stopped the shooter much, much earlier. And to watch that extended standoff go for 77 minutes, including some 45 minutes after they had ballistic shields. It's indefensible, and and it's frankly infuriating. The community is understandably deeply frustrated. Cruz says he's frustrated that law enforcement did not immediately offer an honest description of what had happened. I sat down with community leaders and law enforcement leaders and, and victims' families And the story we were told from law enforcement is not, in fact, what transpired. The story told by President Biden about a 10-year-old girl needing to flee Ohio and head to Indiana to seek an abortion received some skepticism until the story was investigated. And now it's proved only to be partially true. Ten years old, raped, six weeks pregnant already traumatized, was forced to travel to another state. Imagine being that little girl. Just, I'm I'm serious, just imagine being that little girl, 10 years old. 
Fox News reports that the man who was charged with the rape of that 10-year-old girl in Ohio is a Guatemalan illegal immigrant. This was confirmed by sources from Immigration and Customs Enforcement close to the network. According to a report now in the Columbus Dispatch, Gerson Fuentes was arrested after police said he confessed to raping a child on multiple occasions. He has been charged with rape, and the outlet reported that he was possibly in the country illegally. The source from ICE has since confirmed to Fox News that Fuentes is a Guatemala national in the country illegally and that ICE has requested he eventually be handed over to the agency for removal proceedings. ABC reporter Scott Nell breaks down more of the tragic story. Police say this man, 27-year-old Garrison Fuentes, admitted raping and impregnating the 10-year-old girl. According to court records, that attack happened at Fuentes' apartment back in May. Columbus police say they learned of the attack weeks later on June 22nd, two days before the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, and Ohio's heartbeat bill went into effect, in most cases outlawing abortion in the state six weeks after conception. According to the Columbus Dispatch, a detective testified in court today the 10-year-old traveled to Indiana June 30th to have an abortion. The case quickly becoming a rallying point for pro-choice supporters. Ohio Attorney General David Yo says he's glad the perpetrator has been arrested. This is, a, this is the typical progression of a case. Um, you don't know things, you work it, and eventually you find out more things. And sometimes you find out that um, things are different than they first appeared. Sometimes they're exactly the way they were. I'm glad today that the perp has been arrested uh, and that he's going to be brought to justice. Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody joined Fox and said her state has set up a strike force to combat immigration-related crime. Every month we're seeing a new record high of encounters with unvetted illegal immigrants flooding into our nation. And Florida has seen most of those coming over. In fact, when I visited the border with Governor DeSantis, and by the way, I've been there twice. I don't think President Biden has been there one time. Those coming over said, uh, you know, seven out of ten told our officers they were headed to Florida. And so we have uh, been very proactive. Thankfully, we have a governor like Governor DeSantis that said, you know, we're not going to sit back. Even though we're not a border state, we are the recipient of many of these unvetted migrants. In fact, we've already seen a murder of one of our citizens by someone that the Biden administration flew here, uh, you know, without letting us know, without telling us. Mm -hmm. And so Governor DeSantis has said, we're going to set up a strike force. Our local and state agencies are going to specifically look for and interdict those smuggling, unvetted, illegal immigrants into our state and drugs. We've already been arresting people. We found drugs enough to kill thousands of Floridians. Moody went on to say that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has other initiatives to combat illegal immigration in this country. You know, it's insane. Think of the madness, Dagan. We actually have criminal violent cartels facilitating the smuggling and the Biden administration carries out the last leg. They're like, thanks, we got it from here. We'll take it from here. We'll make sure they get all over the country. It's incredible what we're facing as we're seeing record numbers. No wonder we're seeing record numbers. And lastly, let me just tell you, Governor DeSantis didn't only assemble a strike force with a coordinated response among our law enforcement. We're not only arresting people here in the state of Florida. 
We've also impaneled a grand jury to start getting the information as to who is working with these criminal networks, these transnational criminals that are smuggling drugs and humans into our nation. Uh, and that's a very bold step. Uh, I would submit to you, uh, we're going to look at everything, including the federal government and what part they're playing. The 2022 midterm elections are now 119 days away, and Republicans have an eight-point lead in their bid to recapture control of Congress in the latest polling. Daybreak Insider's Bernie Bennett takes an inside look at those numbers. The latest Rasmussen Report's national telephone and online survey finds that if the elections for Congress were held today, 48% of likely U.S. voters would vote for the Republican candidate, while 40% would vote for the Democrat. Just 4% would vote for some other candidate, but another 8% are not sure. The Republican lead has increased by three points since last week when it led 47% to 42%. The GOP has led the generic congressional ballot all year. While 88% of Republican voters say they would vote for their own party's congressional candidate, just 79% of Democrats would vote for the Democratic candidate. Bernie Bennett reporting. Under a new law that California Governor Gavin Newsom signed, gunmakers and dealers will now be required to block firearm sales to anyone they have a reasonable cause to believe is at substantial risk of using a gun illegally or of harming themselves or others. Gun store owner Satori Russo says he hopes the law makes it easier for responsible gun owners. Most of us people just want to be left alone and we're good people. We don't do anything wrong. We just want to protect ourselves. The owner of the Placer Sporting Club, Jesse Meeker, says gun owners do need proper training. That's where it becomes a gray area. How how much power do we give the state to to figure that out? Uh, but I'm all about the controls. I'm all about the training and, and responsible gun ownership. Matt Coles describes what state legislatures are looking for in terms of new law. What legislatures are looking at is um, limitations around who, uh, limitations around where, and limitations around just what kinds of weapons are we talking about. Meantime, California State Senator Anthony Portantine says it is his opinion that the Second Amendment should not infringe upon the safety of others in public. We're going to respect the Second Amendment, but we're also going to make sure that those folks who have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness don't get shot. U.S. inflation surged to a new four-decade high in June because of rising prices for gas, food, and rent, squeezing household budgets and pressuring the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates aggressively, trends that raise the risk of a recession. The government's consumer price index soared 9.1% over the past year, the biggest yearly increase since 1981, with nearly half of the increase due to higher energy costs. Number two House Republican Steve Scalise says inflation is squarely on President Biden's shoulders. He's the one who raised these prices. He's the reason we have this record high inflation, and he won't reverse course. Meantime, Vice President Kamala Harris says it is her opinion that inflation numbers are not telling the whole story. These numbers do not fully reflect the recent drop in gas prices. Average national gas prices have fallen every day for nearly 30 days. Since mid-June, prices are down 40 cents a gallon. Peter Morisi is an economist and professor emeritus of international business at the University of Maryland. 
He joined the Salem Radio Network to discuss the new inflation numbers and what they mean for consumers in the U.S. I mean, these are bad numbers. There's a, there are a couple of things to remember about the current inflation. One is it's only about 40 percent the Fed printing too much money and Joe Biden spending too much money. OK, it's about 60 percent. These these supply issues like not enough oil, not enough refineries, uh, the situation in the Ukraine with wheat, also droughts, climate change impact on agriculture, things like that. Of that 60 percent, Joe could do a lot to affect half of it, but he doesn't seem to be interested in doing anything. I mean, begging the Saudis to give us more oil is absurd. OPEC really doesn't have the capacity. Marisi says that oil companies are reluctant to invest more in refineries because they're being treated like villains. In the United States, Jennifer Greenholm, uh, our secretary of energy, just glazes over when the uh, oil companies talk to her about refinery capacity. I mean, they we simply had a couple of million refi- gallons, million barrels a day of refinery capacity go offline during the pandemic, and it's not coming back because it was very old and rickety. And the reason for that is the government is saying we only want the oil net, we only want the gasoline in the short term. We we want to shut you down. So would you invest in a refinery which takes 10, 20 years to pay out? If Joe Biden is behaving like you're a villain. Marisi says it is his opinion that inflation will remain until the U.S. has a deep recession. This policies are not going to solve inflation, and we are going to have a lot of inflation for a long time unless we have a deep recession. So what do you mean? mean, As your knees are below grade. After spending billions on Ukraine, the Biden administration is looking to spend millions more elsewhere around the world. Daybreak insider Tasha Stevens has more on this international story. On the same day a government report is released detailing inflation at a 40-year high in the U.S., the Biden administration says it's tripling funding to Pacific Island nations battling climate change and other issues. In a video addressed today, Vice President Kamala Harris told Pacific Island leaders that if approved by Congress, U.S. funding for Pacific Islands will be tripled to $60 million a year for the next decade. Tasha Stevens reporting. Francis on Wednesday named three women to serve as members of the Vatican office that vets bishop nominations. It's another first for women to have a say in Catholic Church governance. Daybreak Insider's Walter Ratliff has details on the history-making story. For the first time in its history, three women are going to serve as members of the Vatican office that vets men to be appointed as bishops in the Roman Catholic Church. The Dicastery for Bishops oversees the work of most of the Church's 5,300 bishops who run dioceses around the world. The Pope still makes the final call and can bypass candidates proposed by its ambassadors and vetted by the Council. Analysts say the Pope's decision to appoint the two sisters and one laywoman represents a significant response to calls to give women a greater say in Church decision-making. I'm Walter Ratliff. And finally... Police in New York have charged three men concerning their possession of 100 pages of lyric notes from Eagles frontman and drummer Don Henley. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg announced that Glenn Horowitz, 66, Craig Inciardi, 58, and Edward Kosinski, 59, have all been charged as part of the scheme. 
Well, we all know that famous song by the Eagles, Hotel California. For years, fans have tried to figure out exactly what Don Henley was writing about in the classic rock tune. But now, there's another drama swirling around the lyrics. Three men illegally obtained the pages that those lyrics, Hotel California, and two other Eagles songs were written on. They then tried to sell those lyrics to auction houses and other buyers. One of the suspects, Craig Inciardi, works at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. According to prosecutors, the trio lied to auction houses and buyers about how they obtained these valuable items. They're also accused of blocking Don Henley's efforts to get them back. The Rock Hall released a statement saying, in part, we do not tolerate conduct that compromises the integrity of our collection or our institution. The employee I mentioned remains on leave pending resolution of our investigation. According to the report, the lyrics were originally stolen by a writer who had been hired to pen a biography of the rock band more than 40 years ago. The author purportedly sold the manuscripts to Horowitz in 2005. Horowitz then sold them to Inciardi and Kosinski. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.